Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And joining us this evening is John Van Berger. How you doing, John? All right. How you guys doing? Not too shabby. Fantastic. Yeah. Good. Absolutely awesome. Couldn't yeah. be better. Anything going on up there? There's Nothing. been a few things going on down here. No, but there isn't. No. I just Nothing worth noting. <laughs> okay, we're not talking U.S. elections. We're not talking what? pandemics. We're not, not talking. Ta- <laughs> I just bought some new coffee. Stuff. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, nothing. Please. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Sure, during the warm up for the show, I've been uh, shopping online for uh, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. Okay, so a little, a little bit of back behind the scenes things for our listeners what? <laughs> <laughs> oh no the amount of times i have to say okay you guys ready here we go and then i look over and derek's on the computer <laughs> with his credit card he's got his credit card out <laughs> yeah i'm ready to go and he's like ordering bags of coffee what are you doing i'm ordering coffee then he ordered from a well how much is it 130 dollars it was 119 119 yeah. bucks for coffee Did- the $30 was the amount that he still owes me yeah. for the coffee <laughs> test back in March, That's, by the it's way. It's in the mail, John. Yeah, it's, it's in, in the, the mail. mail. Uh-huh. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> it actually is. It actually, you know, I'm surprised True you haven't story. received it yet. Well, you know, when they're combing the post office for excess ballots, maybe they'll find that, huh? Yes. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they scooped it for bail money for... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so things happen while you're trying to we're trying to get the show going. So it's like, okay, we're going to start recording at eight, and you may not know it, but now it's twenty after nine, and we've just started. <laughs> <laughs> People start doing different things, and we have conversations, no, and we we do, we we have like and- paddling adventures radio after dark somewhat episodes, and <laughs> there could be a total adults only. Yeah. Not safe for work. Not, not safe not for family work. Family friendly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't play this podcast while you're driving down the highway with your entire family. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, we'd we'd have to go uh, incognito on on some of these episodes because it's not sometimes it's stuff that I don't know that we'd be safe to release even after dark. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I I think most of what uh, Sean shared with us tonight um, about food choices and such probably would not be appropriate for any conversation you mean his corn allergy yeah what's wrong with the corn allergy oh, what are you saying <laughs> it's not the corn allergy it was the 20 minutes of description of what happens after your corn allergy that was a little uh, <laughs> unseemly were, were we you say? were you visualizing he it? was visualizing it. he was it sounds like it i didn't think anything of it so it didn't bother yeah. me so, but yeah. i wasn't visualizing Apparently, it. john visualizes stuff like this <laughs> it's all you john know. eh? it's all john <laughs> derek the fact that you didn't think anything about that probably says you guys have spent way too much time together <laughs> <laughs> i've heard the story like 200 times <laughs> Uh, it's great. No, other than that, yeah, nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hmm. You're, how it is. you're not with us for the entire show tonight because you've got a couple of things to do. Yeah, I got So nice scrap. talking to you, bye. Um, <laughs> well, you're going to miss the second half. It's a really yeah. good second half. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing things, we're, we're, we're changing up a couple of things tonight, too. We're adding music mm. to tonight's show. Which is... Sort of going back to original tradition. We haven't done music in a while. Yeah. 
because I'm too busy yabbering. Yeah, yeah. So could be music from a great Nashville musician, could it be? Um, maybe. Mm, could be. Could be. Might be. Should be. <laughs> would be. Usually, if you hear music, it's because we're short on material and we need filler. But tonight, <laughs> but tonight, I think we're going to go over and have music. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look at that, eh? And what a treat you're in for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Great treat. Stand by. <laughs> uh, so it was cold last week It was week a dark up here. and stormy night. And yes, it was a dark and stormy night. And it was more of a dark and stormy morning. But uh, this weekend's going to be really nice. I'm looking forward to it's it. It's like everybody's saying shorts weather. And it's November for crying out I loud. Know. Like nighttime lows mm. of 10 degrees, daytime highs of up to like 17 or 18 degrees. Celsius. Celsius. Yeah. Yes, this is Celsius. So I hope we're not confusing <laughs> you there, John. Yeah. And when are you guys going to go metric, John? I'd like to know this question. Oh, man, I question. wish we would. <laughs> but you know what? Temperature is the one thing. Temperature is the one thing to always screw you. Although I understand, you know, the whole 32 and why that doesn't make any sense for freezing and stuff. So, you know, we were supposed to do that back in... 76. The 70s. Yeah. I remember that. I remember being in school and talking about that and how that was coming up. Mm-hmm. I remember the um, seeing the speed limit signs being changed over. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had they have a new sign with a garbage bag over it. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, the old sign's gone and the new sign with the garbage bag has no garbage bag on it and it's a total different speed. Yeah. <laughs> I can go that fast? Wow. Well, dad can go that fast because I wasn't driving at that point. I think I was in grade five, six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be a, a really nice weekend. And John, you've got a couple of trips coming up. This weekend? Yeah. I'm paddling got, trips. Uh, yeah. I'm Our gonna... paddling season is not over yet. No, it's not. Well, you know, and the funny thing, though, is if you look at the long-term forecast, it looks great up until Sunday, Monday, and then on Tuesday, it gets really crappy. Guess what day I'm going to start putting in the water Tuesday. to go paddling? <laughs> Tuesday. Good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know, you're jealous. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm heading, I'm heading back down to the Ozarks. But oh, you're not, yes. not the same place, though. Not the same place. Um, it, it's not far um, from where I was before, mm-hmm. but it's uh, down in the sort of south central Missouri. And I'm going to hit, instead of doing what, like the last time uh, when we talked about it, was it last week on the show? Was it just last week? Uh, yeah. I, I think, think so. It was, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, so rather than just the current river, you know, where you went out and we did like uh, five nights, six days out there. Uh, I'm going to go, a friend and I, we're going to go base camp on a couple of different rivers and, and do like day trips. Okay. So we're going to go, you know, like two days on this river, three days on that one. And maybe if, depending on how time works out, may go back down and catch the last part of the current river that I wasn't able to do. So... Um, but we're going to do the, the way it's setting up now, the Niangua river and then the Gasconade river. And then, like I say, maybe the current, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Now the Gasconade river is Southwest of St. Louis. Yes. Um, both of these are. Okay. Uh And, uh, the Gasconade is, 
has a reputation for being one of the, you know, the crookedest rivers, if you will, uh, in the country. If if not, they, you know, down there they say, if not the world, right? Yeah. But <laughs> so crooked, it's criminal. So there is one area. Um, it's a it's about a three hundred mile river. So I mean, you know, if I wanted to go out and do a long, you know, day to day trip, could do that. But um, it is uh, near Waynesville, Missouri. You can float for fifteen miles and be only two miles overland from your put in. <laughs> wow, that's quite the winding river. Yeah, that's that's yeah that's you know, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at. The satellite stuff going doesn't seem like it, but you know we'll find out. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, there's a lot of access points for the river, and a number of them have little campgrounds attached to them. Okay, uh, you know with you know basic facilities and such. So, but if you're going car camping, you know you go down, you throw a, a throw up a tent, and and uh, you've got everything in your base camp, and go out paddle. You know shuttle yeah. a vehicle and you're back back at night and sitting around the campfire so, enjoying a beverage so are you far enough you're that you're far enough south then that the uh, campgrounds are still open because up here everything's shut down for the winter mostly right yeah yeah they're still open down there um a lot of the there's some state parks and stuff we may stay at one state park um or at the there are also some i mean this area is a huge paddling area and a number of the resorts are still open. They may have cut back some of the services. Uh, but, you know, one state park has like four campgrounds in it, and they cut back to one, for example, that kind of thing. But a lot of them are still open, so you can go down there and um, get a tent. You know, there's cabins, and um, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to do this. And uh, my friend and I were taking separate vehicles down there, and and uh, she's uh, Lisa. She's a nurse over in. Um, lacrosse uh she's the friend that i did the upper iowa with and okay. uh so we're actually going to go ahead and drive down separately and it's not only more covid safe but uh, uh it also will help out with shuttles and right about dealing with anyone else for shuttles so yeah that's cool now the nangua river is a tributary of the osagi osagi or osagi 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 yep. river and I yep. know there's a connection somehow that you can get to the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, you know, most of these, like, and it goes through the Lake of the Ozarks, and it'll take you up to the Missouri, and then you can get down to the, you know, from the Missouri down to the Mississippi. Right. And, you know, but the, the the paddling down here is great. The the Niangua, one of the, the things with this is that it's, um, it's centered around a, a place called, the paddling that we're going to do is a place called uh, Bennett Springs. And uh, they have a state park there. But there are, I would say, within the first 50 to 70 miles, there's at least probably a half dozen springs. There's, you know, let's, it, and it's like the current in that way. So you have these beautiful springs um, that are pumping out all this water. You have caves in the bluffs, and, you know, it's, uh, it looks pretty great. So we are, um, we're hoping to go down and do maybe two days here, two days there, and then maybe, depending on how you know weather and everything else falls out, maybe get in a little bit of the current. Okay, and you're taking your kayak? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd left uh, that kayak down at my parents in Illinois on the way home, so I'm just going to drive down, grab that, and, and head south. And make sure you got an extra uh, patch or two or three? Yes, the gator patch, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've got enough to, you know, redo the whole bottom of that at this point now. So uh, I got an order in after I got back home, and, and uh, yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> awesome. Well, it sounds yeah. like you're going to have a good time anyway. I mean, regardless of the weather, is the weather supposed to be bad just Tuesday or it? You know, it it, it goes from these these high temperatures that you're getting over there and we're getting here down to so our drop again without looking up uh, Celsius Fahrenheit. Uh, it goes from basically like 70 this weekend down to 50 uh, Fahrenheit on that Tuesday in rain. And then it's into the low 30s in night, at night. Ooh, okay. So, you know, so the nights will be a little cold. And, you know, 50 day, geez, that's fine, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, no, no worries there. Good, good. Oh, so you're up in Wisconsin. That's in Missouri. How, how far of a drive? It's, uh, I'm going to stop off and uh, see my parents along the way, which is about three hours from here. And then um, on that Monday morning for the drive, we'll get up and probably go about six and a half hours to the put-in place, okay. which is uh, Waynesville, Missouri. Oh, for the that's first not time. bad. No, no. Not bad at all. So, no, it's, and so the, the, the hope is, you know, get up early, get going, get down there while it's still light so you can set up and, you know, daylight, set up the campsite in daylight, get everything together. And then get out first, you know, early in the morning. So if that river is as twisty as what they say it is, you know, um, the first day we were hoping to do 25 miles or more. Mm-hmm. So 25 river miles, you know. So we'll we'll see. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, at least if it's only a two-mile portage back. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, two miles as a crow fly. I was looking at that too, you know, because then you think, you know, when you when you look at something like that, you say, well... If this is as you know crazy as what they say it is here, we could get stuck walking a long way, and it's it's more like you know twelve miles back to your car because the roads have to follow around the hollers. Right. You know it's because you had looked up the thing about the hollows down there. Yeah, because uh, there's so many of them. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a it's a little bit longer you know walk by by road, but still wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. So. And so Waynesville. Uh, is off the old historic Route 66, by the way. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's kind of cool. But here's the thing I'm excited about. I just found this out today. There's a restaurant down there that I got to hit. Oh, right, 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 right. The name is Honey Child Please. Mm-hmm. And it is um, a small family restaurant, and it's Southern Cooking. And it is the the desserts alone make this look like someplace I have to go. You know what? I can get desserts anywhere and everywhere, and I've had desserts that would make your head spin. But mm-hmm. when you're looking at their food, mm-hmm. like their mains, you know, you're like, what was that? Uh, blackberry fried chicken and yeah, uh, black velvet waffle and chicken, uh, like. Some of that stuff that they're making now, they're, and this is what brought up the whole corn, <laughs> the <laughs> okay. whole corn thing. Okay, let's not, there was, let's not go there. What we're there, talking about? There was the some rest. some taco jambalaya gumbo something or others, and it looked really or sounded really good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure it's absolutely fantastic, but you know, unfortunately not for me. Uh, but yeah, you start looking at the food that they're serving there and we don't get anything like that up here. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, it's, you know, I, I was, I just keep scrolling through this and while, while we're talking right now, I'm scrolling through the cakes, mm-hmm. just looking at these cakes and I'm like, oh my God, this is, yeah. yeah. yeah and apparently they have just reopened after they shut down for a while to, um, rework the restaurant. Right. And uh, to renovate the restaurant, apparently they're opening this Saturday. So mm. this is this is owned by a lady who was a, let's see here, there's an article in a place called Feast Magazine. said she grew up, uh, Kimsha Rosensteel grew up learning to cook from her mother and grandmother and later went on to cook in the military dining facility for 15 years. In 2016, she put that lifetime of experience to work by opening Honey Child Please in Waynesville, Missouri. The former military brat and current military wife is at home serving the many U.S. Army personnel and their families from nearby Fort Leonard Wood. Her blackberry fried chicken, for example, has been a big hit. Other favorites on the ever-changing menu include Krispy Kreme burgers, gumbo fries, etouffee, oxtail with rice, Cajun biscuits and gravy, and red velvet waffles with fried chicken. Now, the oxtail and rice we get up here, because there's a big Caribbean um, mm-hmm. population, so we get that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was one of the other ones that you'd said? I know that we get up here. Oh, sorry, you not did. that we get up here, but I've seen is the uh, the donut burgers. Yep, donut burgers. Right? Yep. So you use a yep. donut instead of a, a burger bun. Which, yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. just, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This uh, it also says customers also love her decadent desserts, including lavender peach cake and buttermilk pie. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm as excited about this now as I am about the path. Lane. About the path. <laughs> well, the if the weather gets that bad, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Second right? breakfast, third lunch. <laughs> That's right. I'll be like a hobbit. <laughs> I'll just keep eating. Yeah. Oh, How's your paddling with, trip? Well, I gained ninety pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then, when the weather does clear, then you know all those those twists and turns on that river, I go out and I can work off some of that. You, you know, could before just I sit in the home. water and float down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant beach ball going down. Oh no, that's John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no wow. doubt. That sounds yeah. good, man. Sounds good. Sounds like you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, I think so. You know, the uh, looking at all it, uh, Lisa's gonna take down a kayak too, so we'll have. You know, a couple of small, rather than taking, you know, one of the, like, 18-foot canoes or something. Yeah. Uh, we both have an 18-foot canoe, and it's kind of like, well, this would be fun. We can just take down a couple of uh, small kayaks and tool around and, you know. Enjoy your days. Yeah. See, I can get carry out from the restaurant, put it back, you know, in the hatch of the kayak. Oh, yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. And then I think as you're going a- down the river. Yep. So you'll, you'll have your, your skirt with you, right? Uh, not on that. Well, on that boat, I'll have a half skirt. Oh, because if you had the skirt, then you can just like put it in the hatch with you. <laughs> Dip down in. And then just lift the skirt off a bit, reach down, grab a bite, and put it. <laughs> See? There you go, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Ideas. That's all we are. We're just ideas. I appreciate (laughs) that. Nonstop good ideas. (laughs) Um, 
and you're not the only one going on a possible end of season canoe trip. Paddling Who trip. else might be? This guy that orders coffee at five hundred dollars a bag. It's not that much. <laughs> <laughs> What what do you he's googling here or something? Oh, I'm I'm looking at the Crownland maps. Oh, I see. So Derek, hello. Where? <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> we, we started 20 minutes ago. Oh, uh, um, you are. I found out going on a trip this weekend. I am. Yeah, <laughs> I had to say because somebody sent me the spot link. Oh yes, yeah. And I said, uh, you guys going on a trip again? <laughs> I said, when, when is it? Cause Derek has a habit of forgetting to tell me. And then we got to change our, <laughs> our recording schedule. It's a weekend trip. <laughs> so just checking. <laughs> Where's Derek? Oh, he's gone for a week. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This has been planned for, we planned this at the same time we did the Noir River. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going? Going to an area near... Massasauga Provincial Park be on within Bay. the islands in Georgian Bay. So oh, nice. So it's going to be on Crown Land. And uh, the original plan was uh, so we had several plans, de- weather dependent, right? This thing yep. is, was whole, totally dependent on weather. So if there's obviously, if, if, there's, if there's hard water, then we're not going. Yeah. But uh, this, like I had even gotten my hot tent ready to take with me. And now we're looking at like lows of plus 10 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Highs of like 17 or 18 degrees Celsius. And it's like, well, I guess I'm not bringing the hot tent anymore. No. <laughs> so, you guys looking out for some good uh, I know. weather this weekend. Yeah. So it's it's going to be pretty fantastic. And so we had several routes planned. One route was for, so it, if it was really bad weather, we weren't going to go. But if it was sort of bad weather, then we had a route that would take us inland and if the weather's going to be really good, then we're going to head out uh, several hours out into the islands of Georgian Bay. So there's be it's safe for canoes because there's so many islands that you're mm-hmm. sheltered, right? Anyway, so it's uh, there's a bunch of campsites for Massasauga Provincial Park, but that's all closed. So we're going to be doing some Crownland camping in amongst all those islands, right? So yeah. we uh, that's and that's what I was looking at here. I was trying to figure out if the islands that we are looking at were if they're Crownland or if they're whatever, right? So there's quite a few Crownland islands that are that are out there. And you think this is going to be your last trip of the year? Oh yeah, yeah. Last paddle trip of yeah. the year. And we're pretty lucky with the weather, right? So it's like, uh, turned out pretty good. I'm pretty, we're pretty excited about it. Well, that's what we've always, I've always said about, um, my Thanksgiving October trip is some years your <laughs> you ice storms. I was going to go. And other years <laughs> we've been sitting around in shorts and t-shirts, you know, because it's right. been so nice. Yeah. It's just the yeah. luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you're going to have a beautiful weekend. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Can't pretty wait. excited. We'll follow you on, uh. Yeah. How many, yeah. How, four of you is going? Five of us. Five of you? Yeah. Okay. So Scott and Mark in one canoe, uh, Mike and his neighbor in another canoe, uh, his neighbor Kevin, and I'll be d- paddling solo. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll uh, look forward to hearing what about are you, it. What are you going to be paddling, Derek? I'm going to be paddling my little 14-foot uh, uh, Kevlar uh, holy cow canoe. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm going to have lots of extra room now because I'm not bringing my hot tent. 
<laughs> <laughs> There's no reportages, so it's not like I had to be worried, but it's, uh, I've been trying to figure out how to logistically get everything in the canoe and, and, but now it's like, ah, the weather's going to be good. I'm just going to bring, uh, a regular tent. Yeah. And just, sweaters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Always bring sweaters yeah. there. Cause even on nice days you get cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I'm excited. This is good. Yeah. Cool. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Well, it, when, you, when you get to. Doesn't. Doesn't what? Doesn't. Doesn't necessarily sound like there might be any really great restaurants there, though. Not like you have, no. Yeah, he's rubbing <laughs> it in now. Yeah, he's absolutely rubbing it in. <laughs> you know, we have we have great, Smarties though. and ketchup chips, so be yeah. quiet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Get a picture of yourself with Smarties and ketchup chips. There you go, and we'll mail it to him. <laughs> They'll keep the packets, and we'll mail him the empty packets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as for me, I may have taken my last canoe trip of the season already. Uh-oh. And we did our first, uh, hot tent on the weekend. Oh, yes. We got How did the new, go? the Atuk, uh, Cree tent. Atuk or Atuk? I would, somebody was pronouncing it Atuk. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. Cause I've never actually heard it. I just call it Atuk. Yeah. Sounds more like a hat. Yeah. Atuk. <laughs> Atuk. So I took my Tuk. Atuk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, an A2 Cree. We used our new one for the first time and a few people came by and they're like, that is huge. <laughs> uh, go, and going from that's a 10 by, said. yeah, <laughs> there's so many jokes. Uh, going from the 10 by 10 to a 12 by 17. Yeah. Is definitely different. And having... I mean, there's, there's a couple of things we need to, to work on. And we had the, of course the, the stove is in the middle and then I have my, my cot on one side, which, and it is a per it's, well, maybe it's about a half a foot too far away. So I've actually got to lean out a bit, but I put the wood beside my uh, cot at night and that way I can just grab a piece and put it in the stove. I can reach reach across, mm-hmm. but I've got to lean a bit farther now to reach the stove, but I can just open it without having to get out of the cot. Uh, we put Tracy's cot on the other side at the far end of the wall, which ends up being too far away. <laughs> so she, so I can't hear her snore. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, we had a table along the back wall while well, we've, we've figured out that you got two options. You can move her bed to where the table is and the table where the bed is, which is mm-hmm. what we're going to do. But the second night we moved her bed closer to the, uh, the stove, which left a whole bunch of storage room on the other side. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it's just a matter of figuring out what goes where and, and the heat, the heat goes to the top again, but, um, yeah, it takes a bit more to keep it, keep it going. So like keep it warm. Yeah, there's a night. lot of there's a lot of canvas uh, surface to kind of yeah. bleed out the heat. Yeah, and there was no it was it was cold. The first night was cold. It went down to like minus seven or something like that. Um, but you know, I mean, you, you you put a log on and the the hot embers keep everything just enough to take the the cold out. Mm-hmm. It's still cool, but you're in your sleeping bag, right? Yeah. And so you're you're fine. The second night was was warmer. Uh, about five o'clock in the morning, it started to rain and no, we are wondering how it was going to happen because you had the scalloping on the sides a bit, it looked like. Oh, okay. And we're figuring, oh man, it's just going to sit around the whole edge of this tent. 
Well, no, it just right off. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like perfect, hmm. right? But what we've never had to deal with before, because I always lay a tarp and then I put the wood yeah. floor, right? So we, we had the 10 foot wood floor from our old one, but I didn't put a tarp, not realizing that I set the tent up in a bit of a divot. Oh no. <laughs> so as the morning went on, the rain came in under the wood. Yeah. Under the, so we're, we're dry and we're sitting there and go, okay, well, you know, look at the time. Maybe we'll start puttering and getting stuff ready, slowly packed up and put it in the truck and then last thing is to take we'd have to take the tent down in the rain so tracy stood up to go said i'm just going to use the bathroom first and she stood up because we had our chairs in there right she stood up and as she stepped put all her weight all of a sudden in one spot on the wood floor Mm -hmm. where two pieces of wood joined all the water went like this wall of water (laughs) came straight up about two feet and and i'm looking at a completely soaked flooded floor thinking well, I guess there's no slow happening now. <laughs> Let's pack everything up, get it in the truck. And then, uh, yeah, as we took the time to, to pack everything up, it just started flooding more and more. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, How man. much rain did you get? Was that that much rain? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it just it's just because we there's that one spot on every site that's mm-hmm. just, and some days you're going, oh, I'm so glad I didn't set up there. <laughs> yeah, well, we were in that spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, like I say, from five o'clock till, was it, I guess, 11 mm-hmm. is when we finally finished. Uh, well, it started raining at five. So at 11 when we finished, it been raining that long. This right? is Sunday? Sunday. Sunday mm-hmm. morning, yeah. And um, so at the, the last thing, we had everything in part, packed in the truck. And the other last thing we had to do was take down the tent and then the throw it in the, the truck. And when it's raining like that, we, I don't bother packing it. I just, as, uh, Marion, uh, Sontag says, it's a shover. <laughs> yeah. Just roll it up and shover in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right at home. Yeah. It's been shoved. And then I just throw the, the, the floor on top. But if we were to collapse the tent, like we set it up, mm-hmm. it would have been, we would have been trying to roll it up in the pot, a lake yeah, sort of thing. So I, we took out all the guy wires, except for two. Mm-hmm. One on 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 the each side of the tent, right? Mm-hmm. The the length of the tent. I took the one off. The one I told Tracy, okay, when I tell you, you start running towards the center of the tent because I'm going <laughs> to be in the tent and I'm going to lift the center pole. And as you're running towards me, I'm going to be running away from you <laughs> because the high spot. And then I'll just turf the tent over there. Throw it into the high spot, yeah. And that way we can just pack it up there, right? Mm -hmm. Worked like a charm. (laughs) Worked like a charm. (laughs) So, yeah, then just quickly fold it up, put it in. And the the wood was just absolutely soaked and muddy and pine Uh, needles. And so I just threw that on top. But it'll dry out and then it'll just fall off, right? Uh, Hang the the tarp, the the tent in in the garage and... Yeah, so from backing in to the campsite, setting everything up inside and out, having a fire started in the in the wood stove, sitting down and cracking a beer, about two hours. Hmm, not bad. Not not too shabby. No, um, especially for a tent that size. Yeah. It looks like a circus tent, man. And <laughs> um, from pack, starting to pack up mm-hmm. to driving away, about an hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> but, but you're shoving, but well, the, the tent, mm-hmm. 
maybe an extra 10 minutes to do it properly and stick oh, it okay, in the bag, yeah, yeah. right? So, so mm-hmm. yeah, about an hour and a half to pack everything up and be on our way. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, when, when you have a tent that big and like I said, we had a, t- uh, a um, uh, a table this time and chairs and yeah, all those extra little th- glamping luxuries. Oh, this takes glamping to the next level, right? <laughs> now, for anybody that does go camping at Algonquin, winter camping, um, the last couple of years we've last year we we found out about it. If you go into Whitney oh, behind, behind the, the pharmacy, store, yeah, behind the pharmacy, yes, there, there's a little laneway. And there's a shed and it's like $20 for a wheelbarrow full of firewood. Which is a darn good And deal. it is really good firewood too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you load up the wheelbarrow and they show you a picture. This is how you fill it up. Yeah. Right. Because you know somebody's going to be trying to fill it up nine feet, feet <laughs> high. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so this is a, a barrel full for 20 bucks. Yeah. And you know what? It's a, compared to what the, the parks are charging, it's a good deal. So yeah. how many And it's bags? dried wood. And it's dry, really and good dry. Really dry wood. Yeah. So many typical bags would provincial park bags would fill that wheelbarrow. Four, five bags. Uh, probably four bags. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. instead of uh, seven fifty a bag, so yeah. instead of what adds twenty eight bucks, you're getting it for twenty. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're buying three bags, getting one free. Yeah. Buy three, almost, get one free. Mm-hmm. Almost sounds like a drug deal, doesn't you it? Go out <laughs> behind the pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ask for Rex. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the key points, though, is that like I, I have, I have always been disappointed in Parkwood. Everybody is. It's so wet, yeah. so yeah. soggy, and in the yep. winter you have to melt all the ice off of it before you can start to burn it. And yeah, and I, I usually pile it up like really close to the stove, so it maybe it'll dry it out a little bit. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's real. It takes a lot of work to burn the uh, the the wood that you get from the park. And if it's really cold and you want to get that fire going and you can't, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I don't know if it was the same as last year or not, because we always hit it up middle of the day, but we did the Centennial Ridges hike, oh, okay. which was yep. six yep. and a half hours. Oh, wow. And we got to the the pharmacy wood shop at, I think about six. Mm-hmm. They lock it up. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> was not happy. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm not sure if that was, um, that's a regular thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if anybody does uh, camp at Mew Lake over winter, yeah. does the, the go winter during camping, the day. make sure you go there before you go on your long hikes or make sure you plan it that you're done that hike in plenty of time <laughs> to uh, get there and get your wood because you don't want to be caught winter camping in a hot tent without wood. Yeah. Because you know. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny that I live in Wisconsin and I've heard about that place, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, that's like, you know, 12, 13 hours away from here. Um, But I know about that. But if you need some wood, John, Mm -hmm. that's right. Bring your $20. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a, we had a couple of friends over the other night for a campfire just to sit out and we haven't seen them since the start of COVID, you know? So we thought, oh, this will be nice. And, 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 you know, course physically distancing and stuff outside and and we got a fire going it was really nice and the winds kicked up uh to gusts of 55 miles an hour wow and we're sitting there and we're like watching the trees behind us and everything and they're basswood and you know basswood their root system and you know those those once they hit a certain height they come down unfortunately really easy really easy yeah it was like 
yeah, you know what? Maybe we should uh, <laughs> uh, reconvene another time. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff's flying around the yard. We had these these fifty five gallon plastic barrels that we use for water runoff and everything yeah and they're blowing out into the neighbor's yard and you're like yeah it's probably time to put out the fire and get inside quick well we've got uh, a couple of trees that keep growing the, from our neighbor's area and my daughter yesterday texted me and said i'm not sure it's in our attic or on our roof but i heard footprints <laughs> footprints mm. so yeah so something an animal was right they were and that's what that's what used to have that's how we got the raccoons in our roof oh. before in our attic yeah because mm. they crawl up this big tree yeah. and jump from it onto our roof yeah yeah and they were digging up the um, shingles looking for bugs and then they destroyed and they made a big hole in our roof oh, wow. and decided hey there's a hole Yikes. here now we might as well climb on in and yeah. make a well, home hey it's dry and warm in here yeah Mm. <laughs> so, um, this weekend I will be trying out my brand new chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had a chance to use it yet. Yeah. Yep. And I, then you'll have wood for winter camping. Exactly. Well, not this year. It's got a no, not this year. Sit, but but yeah. yeah, has some yeah. nice wood for winter camping. I don't even know what kind of tree it is. Big tree. Yeah. But I got cherry wood. I got apple wood. Dun dun dun. Mm. It's gonna be good. <laughs> Need a smoker. Hmm. Cut up into <laughs> chips. Yeah. Get it get it uh nice and uh moist. Let it soak for a couple days. Take that up there. Pretty oh, good deal. Smoke, could you, that'd be great. A smoker outside your hot tent. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing attracts oh. bears from their hibernation <laughs> like <go>. pulled pork. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, uh, gee, Mr. Forest Ranger, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the problem is. I had this brisket and this pulled pork going, and this bear shows up. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, so John, you enjoy your trip. Derek, you enjoy your trip. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about your trips when you get back. And in the meantime, let's take a, a quick break here, and we will be right back. All except for John. A musical yeah. interlude. John's leaving. Oh, yes. I'm leaving. You guys take it easy. You too, man. We'll keep in touch and let yeah. us know how your trip goes. Have a good one, buddy. Will do. I'll send you postcards from the restaurant. Or, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you about the paddling. Why don't you just <laughs> mail me some chicken? Can you do that? See if they do that. That'd be awesome to show up. Uh, you got a package from Missouri, Dad. <laughs> don't open it. Put it in the fridge. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll be talking to you, John. All right, you guys take care. You too. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at AlgonquinOutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store. 
with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Kevlar is light, Kevlar is light, Kevlar is light, no more straining with all my might, Vernia won't send me home the second night, praise DuPont, Kevlar is light, knees and back were hurting, shoulders were worse, Toting a grumman might as well be a hearse Now it's so easy, no longer a fight Ever since they told me Kevlar is light Kevlar is light, Kevlar is light No more straining with all my might Vernia won't send me home the second night Praise to Pond, Kevlar is Welcome back. So we thought we'd throw in a little bit of Jerry Vandiver there as our musical interlude. Our musical interlude. Uh, that was Kevlar is Light. It's on his Paddle On CD if you want to check that one out. Um, yeah, well, I think we'll play a couple of his songs tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, so check that one out. Kevlar is Light, Paddle On by Jerry Vandiver. Uh, good music, Jerry. We uh, enjoy playing it. We haven't done it in a while, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's just play all his albums now. It's Jerry Tribute Night. Yeah, Jerry Tribute Night. And what do we got here? I got notes everywhere here. Oh, Halloween Paddlers. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, even though, you know, most of Halloween was canceled this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we get nobody coming to our door anymore. 
Yeah, we don't so either. We we buy what chocolate we like and then just put it in a bowl, <laughs> just going through yeah. the motions. And when no one eats, no one shows up, then we just split it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even with all the, the social distancing and the cancellations, nice to see the bunch of people out paddling dressed up. Yeah, I yeah. saw quite a few pictures. Uh, so Alan had his group out yeah. and uh, they were in Toronto Harbor and all of them were all dressed up. Mm-hmm. And so it was a nighttime paddle and you could see the Toronto skyline. It was <laughs> some pretty fantastic pictures. Oh yeah. It, it, you've, you've got to at some point get out in a kayak in the harbor. Yeah, I got to try night. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know down, I want to say it's Maine. They have a bunch of people on paddle boards in that every year that dress up as witches. Oh yeah. And there's a whole thing of witches go down. Oh, we talked about this last, last year. year. Yeah. 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 And I do believe a bunch of them did it again this year. Uh-huh. Not as many as they usually do, mm-hmm. but a lot of them did it again this year. So that's pretty cool. Uh, doing some Googling. Kite surfing. So yes. I've seen the kite yeah. surfing stuff, which is really cool. It's expensive though. It is. Uh, a buddy of mine at work, he does kite surfing and he's just, he just bought himself, uh, I think he's on his fourth or fifth rig, but he just got himself a hydrofoil. Uh, That's what I was looking at. Hydrofoil board. Yeah. And he said, it, you're just, it, it just cuts through the water super slick. It smooths everything out. There's no bumps. It's just. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But these guys, you're, you're looking and, and they're massive kites. Yeah. Or, or sail, mm-hmm. almost like a parachute. It's a, I guess. it's inflatable wing. Yeah, uh, but like these guys go ripping down, and then they hit this jump, and they're thirty yeah. feet in the air, <laughs> and they got to yeah. hold on to their yeah. board, yeah. and then they land and keep on going. So I'm sitting there thinking, because did does do you know how much one of those costs? I never did look. Yeah, that up. so you can get a cheap one for about twelve hundred. You can you could use a normal kite, and I've thought about trying it. No, but I don't want a normal. I want one of those. It's a lot of money. Yeah, but my thought is, on a canoe trip. Yes, and that's what I want it for. I've, I've, I remember being on Hogan Lake. We tried to put a tarp up. It was kind of difficult to do. So I was sterning in the back. Siobhan was trying to control the tarp, and so it's tough. And I've, I've, I've heard stories of people. Uh, uh, we were at Pathfinder, and the Pathfinder people were telling us that they strapped two canoes together mm-hmm. and put up two two paddles up front and tied a big tarp across between yeah. the two canoes. I've seen quite a few pictures of it. I've but, s- we saw that coming off North T last year, mm-hmm. Trace and I, and the, the, the almost a divorce trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, one of these inflatable wings, so one of these uh, kite sail sails. Yeah. You have to strap yourself into the front. Yeah. And have the bow person holding that rig, strapped into that yeah. rig. Yeah. How fast do you think that canoe would get going <laughs> with one of them babies strapped to the it front? It would be interesting. You'd want to do it on a warm day because you might dump it. And you want to, if, I, you'd have to get ready, get used to using the uh, the par- parasail? No, the, I don't know what they're called. They're kiteboard sails. Yeah. But you'd have to get used to it on land first because you wouldn't want to use one of those for the very first time in a boat. Because they can be... Well, yeah, if you have to know how to use it, I mean, even be, not even using it on a kite board, yeah. a, a board, you got to do the training on land first. Yes. And I've got one of those uh, two-string kites and, uh, you know, you can steer it, yeah. do stunts. I've got one of those stunt kites and I've never used it in the boat because they're they're hard to get up on water, right? Yeah, I wouldn't and use one of those. Yeah. So, But with the, these uh, sailboard 
kite sailing sails, they're designed, you, you inflate them. So mm-hmm. there's the, the, some of the chambers you fill and so it makes it semi-rigid and, uh, and other ones are designed so that they catch wind and fill while they're in the water type thing, right? So they're designed to be started with the kite on the water, touching mm-hmm. the water. And so it's, uh, if they weren't so darn expensive, it's like, oh, that'd be so cool. Tow yourself down a lake on a canoe. Could you imagine how fast that boat would <laughs> go? I don't know if you'd want to go too fast because it Shut would be up. like the guy in the stern, he's probably going to lose the paddle and you're going to be like wonking sideways. It's like, ah, you've got to have a spare paddle anyway. No less the deal. But it would be so Sit interesting down, to try. Hold on. Shut up. <laughs> Buckle in, boys. We're it's going to be a bumpy ride. That'd be awesome to try. It like, would. Totally. It I would. wouldn't feel with the gear. You'd want to do it without gear. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you say, if you go over ass over tea kettle, you You'd don't want to be, be losing better all your with gear. gear. The weighted canoe. Once you get good at it. Yeah. Yeah. North Algonquin would be perfect for that. Because with the canoe weighted down, it'd be more stable. Be less so wonky. Throw rocks in there first or something. Some logs. Something you don't mind losing. <laughs> Dry bags filled with water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dry bags filled with rocks. Because <laughs> well, your rocks don't get wet. <laughs> But if you filled it with water, if you dumped, you could just dump the dry bags out dump, and you're just dumping water, right? Yeah. But I'm just sitting there looking at these thinking and oh, like- yeah. I've thought I, about this for years. I've wanted to try this and- I don't think one you'd want to do it- Actually, you might want to do it in a kayak. So with a kayak, if you had a, uh, a, a rudder, you could help steer and then so the- Well, you would lean, right? Yeah. You'd lean away from it. You mm-hmm. could do that better in the, yeah. in the kayak. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But it might skip you across the yeah. water too. Yeah. Or to the first couple of times you want to be like, you know, you want to be like, uh, the wind stern on, right? Yeah. You don't want to, want to try tacking or anything no. off the bat too quick. You want to try and get used to it before you kind of commit it to doing some tacking maneuvers. And so, <laughs> but it would be exciting. It would be fun. Yeah. As opposed to having something mounted right to your boat, like yeah. one of the sails, yeah. right? Have one of those giant kite. There's got to be videos on YouTube about this. Have you looked? I haven't looked for, I know, I, I was busy looking at the kite boarding. Oh. <laughs> these guys doing all these tricks yeah. and stuff like that. Because could you imagine somebody's paddling again with the wind thinking, oh, we're making great time. And all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> So that lake was uh, eight kilometers long. How long did it take you? Three minutes. <laughs> I passed four motorboats. <laughs> yeah. I, I wow. beat the Opiango shuttle guys. <laughs> and if you were going that fast and then wiped out, <laughs> that would hurt. Face plant in the water. Face plant drags you right out of the boat. Well, officer, he was in the front of the boat and then he wasn't. <laughs> I saw him skipping down the lake. It's the first time I've seen a canoe up on plane. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> well, hit a, hit a, hit a nice wave and you totally, totally out of the water. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I wonder how fast, if you had a, uh, like a sport kite and with enough lift, you could probably get going pretty quick. I'm thinking <laughs> like if you're in a hurry to get somewhere. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to Toronto from Ajax today. <laughs> That'd be something. Anyway, just one of those things I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, something I did come across though. Uh-huh. Rowing your canoe. Yes. Here, tell me about that. I don't know that I'd do it, 
but it I've seen I've uh, well while we we're earlier when I was looking at Crown Land just for that I was looking at uh, pictures of people rowing videos of people rowing canoe. There are people out there that can because we've had this discussion before. About, yes. No, no, we're talking paddling. Well, rowing's paddling. No, rowing is not paddling. <laughs> rowing is rowing. Those are oars. It's different. <laughs> we've had these yeah, discussions. Yeah. But there are people that are outfitting their canoes. Oh yeah. With oar locks mm-hmm. and. Uh, what did you call them? Reticulating or whatever? Reticulate. Yeah. It's, it's so that you can paddle. F- Normally when you row, you row going backwards. backwards. Yeah. And with the reticulated, uh, or, you know, paddles with elbow, uh, row, row, oars with elbows that you, uh, there's two gears and, or whatever. So you're facing forward rowing. So you're still pulling, but you're going in a forward direction instead of backward direction. Yeah. I've seen pictures and there's, there are videos. All you got to do is Google row your canoe. Mm -hmm. There's pictures, there's YouTube videos and that. And people are outfitting their canoes with oar locks. And some of them are taking bits from rowing machine, exercise machines and mounting them and doing the whole rowing thing. Like they're at Oxford university (laughs) or something like that. So where that would be neat. Can you imagine creating putting it getting a canoe built with some bicycle wheels and that rowing machine the flywheel so you can make the wheel turn and taking that to burning man you can mm. you can row across the the play across a, the, yeah <laughs> in a rowing canoe but these <laughs> people wheels. are doing this yeah you, you can't do anything else with it because there's no room left when they're doing this so you're not portaging it oh no no i wouldn't well and like that kid, guess, why, why wouldn't you just get a rowboat? True story. Although a canoe would be more efficient for along the water line, you probably get a good speed going. Whereas a rowboat tends to be a lot, has a lot more surface, water surface. So a lot more drag. So it's hard to get a rowboat moving. Well, if you're looking at speed, then you might as well just get yourself a sculling boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that like, it just yeah. doesn't make sense that you do it with a canoe. Yeah. Some but, of the videos I saw, it was like a cedar canvas, some like 18 foot cedar canvas yeah. canoes. And it just, it kind of looked kind of cool. Well, they, yeah, some of them look kind of cool the way, I mean, some of them are, are totally bad. Oh yeah. So MacGyver yeah, jobs. Yeah. It's like, what's that guy doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we saw <laughs> He's one. He's going to tip over. They have like plastic oars or something. Yeah. They were bent and. Bent and yeah. trying to do that. And yeah, he's going. <laughs> Homemade. In a complete left hand circle. Uh, but there, I mean, there's some really cool looking yes. designs as well. I think there's some companies that are actually selling kits and stuff. You can do yeah. that. But yeah, if you go to Google and type canoes with oars, yeah. you'll, you'll find a bunch of that. Um, I, I couldn't see me ever doing that. I couldn't see myself doing it either, but it, it I don't even was, think I'd want to try it. It was an interesting mental exercise to watch them do it. It's like, oh, interesting. How I won't they, do yeah. it, but it's interesting. Yeah. Well, whatever floats your boat, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, we're going to take another commercial and we're going to play another Jerry Vandiver song. Awesome. And then uh, we'll be back with, uh, uh, something that happens over in England. Mm-hmm. A new type of boat. Is well, it new? new. It's, it's been around since the medieval times. Yeah. But, uh. But it's, it's taken, it's, it's become popular again. It has become popular and, it, well, over there on the Thames. Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we come back. After this musical interlude. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Went to the store, bandana aisle, bright and blue, just my style. We traveled the world in every season. Now that bandana is falling all to pieces, got a trip coming up, and I don't know what to do. With the rough and ragged, holy and haggard, blue bandana blue. Went back to the store, took a look around, but no bandana could be found. Now this one hurts, I ain't gonna lie. I miss that bandana more than all my ex-wives I got a trip coming up And I don't know what to do With the rough and ragged, holy and haggard Blue bandana blue Texarkana for a blue bandana down in Savannah for a blue bandana. I came up empty-handed for a blue bandana. I wrote a letter to Santa for a blue bandana. Even Hannah Montana for a blue bandana. Called Carlos Santana for a blue bandana, but he was in Havana for a blue. Coming up, and I don't know what to do. No, with the rough and ragged, holy and haggard, blue bandana blue. Yeah, that rough and ragged, holy and haggard, jostled and jagged, totally tragic blue. Bandana blue. I got it. Don't let it happen to you in your North Star canoe. 
hiking timber too. Trekking Kalamazoo. Welcome back. So that was Blue Bandana Blues from Jerry Vandiver's Middle of Somewhere CD. And again, you go check him out. Um, all you got to do is Google Jerry Vandiver and you'll get his uh, website. You'll get his Facebook page, all his social media. Um, do, 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 do. When we what were else? at the, um, what's it called? The uh, outdoor, he sang for us. The Quiet Adventure the Quiet Adventure Symposium. And he th- sang this that song. Yes. Yeah, he did. And he had booth. us sing with it. And he mm-hmm. said we sounded oh, like crap. Oh, we did. We did, didn't he we? He said we should never sing. <laughs> well, he took me by surprise. He's like, why, why is he pointing the mic at me? He's yeah. like, what's going on here? Because you're supposed to sing a blue, blue bandana, bandana. <laughs> living in Montana with a blue bandana. bandana. Yeah. And uh, actually, I've got one of his blue bandanas right here. I have one at home. I've got two of them. I got one sitting right here. Yeah, right there. Yeah, I got one in the truck, which I was using as my mask until my beard size masks came in. Ah. Right? So. Uh, do, 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 do. Punt boats. Yeah, careful how you pronounce that. Punt. P-U-N-T boats. So... We've seen a lot of things about canoe polling. We've done yes. canoe polling. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of videos we've seen. That. I mean, that's what led led us to doing canoe polling. Uh, we took a course with Stephen Coots. Uh, check out Canoe Polar on YouTube for his channel. Uh, Adam Schultz, he uses a, a canoe pole sometimes, standing up in your canoe and with a pole and mm-hmm. right. Uh, of course, Adam Schultz, uh, uh, explorer, author, video guy, YouTube stuff. Check him out as well. And we've talked about gondolas in Venice. Yes. Where you stand up in the gondola and, but the, I mean, that's not really a pole that they use. It's a long oar sort of that they skull. Exactly. Rudder all yeah. in one sort of thing. But you're standing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you ever heard of a punt? I hadn't heard about it. So uh, when I Googled it, after you talked to me about it, it was like, oh, I see the pictures now. I've seen that. I've seen that style of motorboat before, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, so a punt is a flat bottom boat with square cut ends, no keel, and it's designed for use in small rivers or other shallow water. Mm-hmm. Okay, a a the punter generally propels the punt by pushing against the riverbed with a pole. Yeah, and I've noticed that they seem to have flat areas on the back where they actually stand. Very much like uh, 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 the Venice uh, yeah, gondola, gondolas, yeah. um, but it, I mean they're they're like rectangle shaped, mm-hmm. and it scoops up at the front, scoops yep. up at the back, yep. but they're flat. There's no pointed exactly, yeah, stern bow and on these. And originally they would have been used for like moving cargo and stuff in yeah. canals and so on. So they were developed in medieval times to provide stable craft that could be used in areas of water too shallow for rowing conventional craft. Uh, they, they mentioned Cambridge a lot when I was doing some research and one, you know, such areas as marshy flatlands, uh, they were an integral part of local trades. And again, in, key, in Cambridge, eel fishing, reed cutting, duck hunting, and for transporting cargo until their use died out in the late 19th century. 
First punts are traditionally associated with the River Thames in England and were built as small cargo boats or platforms for fishermen. And I know I've seen them, uh, Japan use bigger ones for, for people. Um, so the pleasure punts, specifically built for recreation, became popular on the Thames between 1860 and 1880. So they've been around for quite a while, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're still used today, and it's almost like water taxis through Cambridge. Yep. And there are, I wasn't going to get into the whole politics part of it, but there's actually a politics, I think they're called touts or touting. Okay. Uh, so basically you get people licensed to be along the area and you can go hire them or whatever to take me up this way. But oh. people who don't have their areas or their licenses or something mm-hmm. still try to do it. So unlicensed. Ah. So there's a whole, and it's like 75 pound fine if you're caught. It's like rogue kabuki cab guys. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So there's a whole, there's a whole thing about it. I'm like, okay, I'm not getting in on that part of it. Uh, they're usually six to seven meters long, one to two meters wide. And smaller punts so, are limited to five passengers, larger to 12. You can tell it's British. It's talking in meters. So that's like yeah. 20, about 20 meters long and up to three to six feet wide. Yeah. And the in the past, they used to have ones up to 20 passengers. <laughs> oh my God. Right? And were exceptionally difficult to maneuver, but now they don't have that many because it puts it at passenger boat limitations or oh. um, um, regulations. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to stay like to 12 sort of thing. So though, if you get some of these ones, now I'm going to give, I'm going to put out the uh, uh, website info here. If you look, there's a little video on there and some of them are big ones and there's some small ones. They're basically the size of large canoes, mm-hmm. right? Like one meter is like three feet. Um, and then, so, so like three feet wide by 14 feet long yeah, with, with a few people in it or some car, yeah. you, you know, yourself and, or whatever. And they stand in the back and they pull this thing up and down the river. Huh. So I'm sitting there thinking... These would be the perfect training boats for anybody wanting to get into canoe polling. Absolutely. Because they're sturdy. Very stable, very yep. sturdy. Huh. And you, you can learn to, to, to pole. Is there a typical pole length that they used? Did you see that? Um, I think you said 14 feet. 14 foot. Right? Yeah. Now the ones we have are 12, right? I think so. Yeah. We yeah. had 11, 11 or 12 foot yeah. ones. Yeah. So it's only a couple extra feet long, yeah. right? But it's, yeah, perfect to learn. It's stable, so you're you're not wobbling all over the place, and you're getting to learn how to use a pole. How deep is the Rideau Canal? Is it typically shallow? I uh, no, no, no. You wouldn't so be this able to pull that. No, no, no. I was thinking that though, but that'd be perfect for mm-hmm. something like that, right? But they got the bigger boats that come through and stuff. Okay, like the the big pleasure boats and yeah. stuff like that. So it'd have to be deeper than mm-hmm. than that. Uh, yeah, and then once you're confident using one of these boats, you can transition into an actual canoe. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's my that's my uh, take on it. Uh, but yeah, I've not heard, and it's funny because you've seen this sort of thing, but if, I didn't realize it was an actual thing. Thing, yeah. Right? That, that was, and it's quite popular over there still. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID, there's a couple companies there. Um, puntcambridge.co.uk is the one site. And they actually offer tours and, and there's a whole bunch of information, including that, um, the, the rogue. <laughs> Yes. Unlicensed yeah. thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. There's a couple little videos in there and pictures and stuff that show and talk more and get more in depth about punt, punt boats and regulations and who does it and stuff. But apparently it's still um, quite the popular thing and they've all been closed because of COVID, but they've just recently been reopened. So now you can go do tours again. Mm-hmm. Up and down Cambridge, the, the River Thames and wherever else. I can't think of any place around here that that would work. Uh, marshlands and stuff like that. Like, uh, but I mean like for just for, for the, for this year, for the punt boats over in Cambridge and stuff, it's a, it's a pleasure craft, but it's also like, you know, taking a kabuki cab, you are kind of romantic, almost like you're in Venice on a gondola, but it's uh for common use like that. There's no place that you could start a business and your own punt boat business. Not in Toronto area. No. Because you'd be wanting to go up and down rivers. Yeah. And you really, really couldn't. Like, because oh, you can't, you can't Amsterdam would work at Amsterdam, right? They've got that canal going. Well, they got Amsterdam. the canal, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's shallow, huh? Interesting. Are you moving to Amsterdam now? <laughs> Start a business. Yeah, Derek's punt boats. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I came across that. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, a new type of paddling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's been around since medieval times. Yeah, yeah. It's so more romantic now than business. Well, you know what? And it'd be perfect for getting out. Like something like this is, is, would get you right in the the reeds and whatnot if you wanted to go fishing. Yeah, yeah. Rice Lake would be perfect. You're trying to get is along the shallow? shoreline. Is it shallow there? Well, it's all weedy, right? So okay. it kills your engine, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to get into the weeds and yeah. and like the shoreline, the shallow areas, this would be perfect. Man, it'd be rough in the wind though. I don't know that you'd be able to pull one of these up a river. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how you see uh, Stephen Coots do his yeah. up the rapids sort of mm-hmm. thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he could do that with one of these. No. Not unless you were really good. Mm -hmm. Steven could probably do it. (laughs) I couldn't. Yeah. But you could go down the river in one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say it would be unscathed. And then they'd be heavy. It would be. Well, and they're all wood. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if uh, I saw some really of the pictures I saw. One. Yeah, I know. Eh? Some of the pictures I saw online, they look very elaborate, very, they're uh, really nice wood and, you know, inlay wood pieces. Yeah. And well, they're supposed to be for pretty touristy, fancy. right? Yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. They're not the cargo ones that they used to have. But no, I mean, you not could the use working them for that. Yeah. That'd be perfect. <laughs> so go to Punt Cambridge, P U N T Cambridge dot C O dot U K. To see more examples. Or just Google punt boats and you can see all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's a a lot of it out there. So you're going to try it now? I'm going to take a look, but I doubt I'll try it. Why? I'm going to build one. Why not? It's a a giant wooden box. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Stand on the back and off you go. But yeah, I've I've seen uh, when you Google, like you say, punt boats, there's Japan and everything, but theirs are more more elaborate. And dude, mm-hmm. the one I saw, the guy's actually standing in the front and it's, huh. it's, it's got the, the pointy stir, yeah. or, uh, bow and all that is yeah. covered and yeah, it's not the same sort of thing. <laughs> so I wouldn't call it that, but, um, yeah, other than that, I think that's all I got this week. Mm. You got anything else? I do not. 
Well, I have lots, but we'll talk about it later. Well, what else you got? Well, I was telling you earlier about the uh, the uh, Valens Lake potential. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the future. We'll talk about that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, days, weeks from now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can stream or download all our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you're enjoying our podcast, please uh, share it with everybody you know. Um, And even those you don't know. And even those you don't know. (laughs) And we are going to end our show this week with another Jerry Vandiver song. We're going to play More Than a River from his True and Deep CD. So um, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. highway bridge and couldn't help but look below I stood on a shoreline's rocky ridge just to watch the water flow and count yourself as one of the few with a different set of dreams the kind that keeps you up at night because you can't wait to get to that stream it's more more than a river Shit in the saddle, the V in the boulders, and the lean in the shoulders. When you reach for the Yeti, it doesn't get better than this. Yes, it's more, so much more, more than a river. When all it takes is a little class two to still give you. And you live for a breath of the valley air In the mist and the morning hush When it doesn't matter just where you are As long as the water's white Some say it's a crazy way to live But to you it's a way of life It's more More than a river It's more Shift in the saddle, the V in the boulders, and the lean in the shoulders. When you reach for the Yeti, it doesn't get better than this. Yes, it's more, so much more, more than a river.
on the paddle and the shift in the saddle The V and the boulders and the lean in the shoulders When you reach for the Yeti, it doesn't get better than this Yes, it's more, so much more Oh, yes, it's more, oh, so much more More than a river 